He plays the mandolin better than pretty much anybody. He's awesome. Really? He was in, yeah, he was in that uh, band you know for sure, and then he went solo. He was in Nickel Creek. It's like Nickelback, but better. Yeah, absolutely. There's the water that runs right through the band. Anyway, <laughs> here we are, Wednesday. Working on shit. What are we working on? What I'm, are we doing? What are we doing? Well, like I said, I drank my coffee outside, listened to Taylor Swift in the morning, mm-hmm. get it popping. I understand. I understand. Which I'm a 1989 album or the other one? I listened to a bunch. I started even older. Oh, okay. A little you, you belong co- with me. Okay. I think that's fearless, maybe, or speak now. I yeah, don't know. I'm, I'm bad forgetting. with the names. The only reason I know 1989 is because I know it. Which is also a great album. It like came, yeah, and they Ryan Adams remade it, so I remember. I was like so. <laughs> like mad that i like it so much dude you know who's crazy that i watched is she's not crazy but the her artistry is halsey she put out a movie you know halsey halsey yeah Uh -uh. she's i don't know rad for one and she's kind of whatever you're gonna have to do your own thing i'm not gonna sell her to you but she made a new album that just came out and trent reznor helped on it and it's very not on brand for her she's Mm. normally uh I don't know, somewhere between a pop and hip-hoppy soul singer gal. I don't know how to call her. Sure. She does that. And then this is like something totally different, but she made a movie that's a music video to her new album. Like a thriller style? It's on HBO and it's mature only. Like it's deep and dark. Nice. <laughs> it's an hour long. I need some mature stuff. It's Oh, it's an actual movie. It's an actual movie with... A little dialogue, all of her songs from the album, and a storyline that's a through line through the whole thing. I dig it. Yeah. And I'm it's all medieval it. setting, and it's shot with, like, psychotic cinematography, and she wrote it all, and, like, the storyline, and she plays the, the lead, basically, of, like, this... It's basically about woman power, but also so much artistry, it's psychotic. And then for all you, yeah, anyway, there's a lot of surprises in it. That's for sure. She um, is raw. Halsey? Yeah. You, I mean, if you even just watch that, if you can get through it, I don't know if you love it or not. But if you watch the whole thing start to finish, you'd probably consider her a genius. I'm into watching these interesting things. I was chilling the other day, and I put on Desperado with Antonio Banderas. And <laughs> I, I was, saw you post a video on it. <laughs> well, so no, that was... So I watched that, and then that is actually a sequel <laughs> to another movie called El Mariachi. Oh, okay. So it's the same. It's interesting because he didn't play in the first movie, El Mariachi. It wasn't Antonio Banderas. It was like um, a lesser-known actor it. who was actually in Desperado but as a second character. Okay. But that El Mariachi was the first film directed by, I think it's Robert Rodriguez. I might be getting his name wrong. He's the dude who Bob did Rob. like From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. And movies that Quentin Tarantino was in but didn't direct yeah. and some other, you know. Did you watch Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. We watched it together probably. Yeah. <laughs> I had it for a long time. I've watched that. But this one was his, that one that I posted was his first one and it's fucking awesome because it's, it's super low budget. Yeah. And there's all these crazy weird. So like some of the camera work is done with like this big, like really wide lens and shots that would usually be framed in with a much, you know, closer lens. Yeah. Forcing that person to get like really, really close. So you have all these weird, like dramatic things where the camera's like really close to the actor's faces. Oh, I get you. It's just, 
It feels like a really cool home movie that's better than a home movie. I can see that now that I looked at. I remember the pictures. Sick, yeah, yeah. It, it's because you can see their intense. faces were really close to the screen. Yeah, is what it felt like. Yeah, it's pretty funny, and the editing's fucking awesome. That clip that I posted was just fucking way hardcore. <laughs> you rewinded a few the times. Dude comes in and just shoots up his bar. <laughs> I don't know. Got to go to that good shit. Those are old movies. What made you get turned on to looking at that? Was it camera stuff? It was just more. Or just happened. I just wanted to do, I don't know. I was feeling like doing something 90s that was a little different. And. Bold it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what I'm into right now as mm. far as film and stuff like that. It, it seems like everything feels a little bit forced and is just a little bit so intense. And I. I, I get that. I kind of like these storylines that are they're just so deep in one genre and there's n- there's not any like I think I was really into superhero movies for the past couple years cuz all the Marvel sure. stuff's coming out, DC stuff's coming out, but everything's so high stakes. Like every single storyline revolves around the world being on the line. Sure. And it's cool to see something where you kind of have this hero character, but he's not really trying to save the world yeah he's, it's just a story of their time it's just him mm. and you know maybe he's in like that el mariachi is this dude is a wandering mariachi he's a guitar player he doesn't have a band it's just him and right. his dream is to be a professional mariachi player mm. which also is sick because of my grandparents like every party we ever had they hired Mariachi. Mariachi. Yeah. yeah. And even when my grandma's funeral, my uh cousin Anthony, he's like, oh, dude, we hired like the dopest mariachi band and they're they're killing it. So I've like mariachi just part music of music is gig. just like a part of my vibe, uh-huh. like since I was a kid. So I was like, Oh, that's kinda cool. Yeah. So he's he wants to be a mariachi just like his dad and his grandpa and he like wanders into town with his guitar case and meanwhile there's another dude who just gets out of prison. Okay. Who carries like a guitar case, but it's full of guns and shit. And the big boss wants to kill the other guy, and they get their identities confused. So now people are after this other dude. And he's and just a guitar he player. Turn, he has to turn into tough. a hero, yeah. you know, like the little hero arc story. And nothing major happens except sure. for a couple shootouts. You know, he survives, and then the woman he loved gets killed. So it's kind of Pretty tragic. And it, but it's not like, oh my God, fucking multiverse universes yeah. are coming together, and like the world's going to explode. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just. It's just fun to relate to and cool to see cool to see things where you can just tell a story and not have a ton of money, not have a ton of, mm. you know, all you have is your vision and a few tools. And right. you first start it and you're like, the actors are okay. The writing's okay. Just probably all of it, right? Okay. Yeah. And, but then <clears throat> 15 minutes in, I'm like fully immersed in it. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. It just feels really real. The package real. comes together. It just feels really real. Yeah. It feels really honest to me, and I like that. I'm down. I'm just, I'm just looking for that honesty. Just looking for that. No, I get it. There's those transitions that are happening. It's like, what is... Yeah, I feel you. This Part- world is in a really convoluted place right now. It feels a little bit like... I'm, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity to be, be more, see more, do more. I don't know. But it doesn't have to be more in the way that everybody's pitching it. That's, I think... I mean, more, jeez. It's, re- oh, it's all I mean, relative. More is kind of, yeah, more is an illusion. Oh, yeah, dude. It's all relative. More, all more can mean to me is more authentic, right? It, to me, it's like, what can be more authentic? More that's authentic. what I'm hearing out that's of That's a good you, more. Yeah, you know? that's a good, that's the, that's the kind of the more I'm after. Yeah. And then part of it is inspired by just 
man, blatant nostalgia. I'm on this sure. continual journey of going through these tapes that I mentioned before. Yeah, and yeah. I just keep, I keep focusing on, I keep seeing myself. Yeah. At being 18, doing things. Right. And it's definitely affecting me. Mm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to Bob, the therapist, about it. I, <laughs> I did talk to my therapist about it. Yeah, good, dude. Well, I talked about. How did I, how did I frame it? Oh, well, I, I kind of framed it in uh, definitely having some sort of lack of confidence mm. in certain things that I do, specifically skating, which has been kind of bugging me. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I think I'm probably had something to do with these projects that are coming up that we can't really talk about yet, but sure. I don't know. I've been feeling really self-conscious about it. And then is that, are you just, are you essentially saying you have imposter syndrome right now? I don't know if it's imposter syndrome. I think it is more. Yeah. From the outside looking in, I don't feel like I would feel that way towards you, but yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like it's something different. So one of the things that is interesting about watching all that old footage is that I'm seeing things that I totally forgot happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And in skating, I'm seeing tricks or lines or things that I never remembered that I did. And I'm like, Oh, I did. Oh, that's cool. Wow. wow, you know, and, and well, that was, I didn't really think I was there, but I guess I was there. That's cool. Right. And that's been kind of interesting. And then there's, there's two, this is like a fucking huge. That's interesting. Keep going. Turn, Keep going. There's, there's a huge break in my life where it's shortly after the tapes that I'm looking at now. Right. I had that back surgery that I had uh-huh. where I just didn't do shit for a year and a half and like yeah gra- gra- like it totally changed my life change and, yeah and i think there's something going on in that era where i like i can look at myself before that and say oh yeah i i wasn't gnarly like uh dirt bike rider travis sure. pastrana level whatever but i wasn't really afraid of that much mm. and i think that my injury and the things associated with that really were the thing that woke up the fear that was inside me. And Mm -hmm. since then, not everything has really felt the same. Even when I'm doing good, like my confidence level has not been as high. So watching these clips is kind of surprising me. And I I wrote myself a note last Mm -hmm. night. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised at all this stuff. And I wrote a note on a little yellow paper with lines and says, Chris, you can still surprise yourself, mm-hmm. Chris. And I signed it as myself, just kind of totally promoting that, hey, like, you don't have to be where you have been for the past, even if it's been 20 years. Sure. Like, there's there's still some magic to unlock, and there's still somewhere to go forward. Probably kind of a lot, actually. Yeah. Not even probably. There is a yeah. lot. Yeah. But I, I think <clears throat> looking backwards has helped me realize that and kind mm. of face what is possible right (laughs) like if that was possible then like think of what's possible now totally you know sure there's some magic to the youth where you're just kind of like a gumby you know not that much sure like yeah the the ability to get hurt physically resilient yeah is is not the same but i think we're more resilient still i'm like our brains are telling us that we're less resilient than we actually are I'm more resilient than i give myself credit for for sure and then objectively it's like i am stronger i am in better shape like you know what i mean yeah i'm healthier but older right yeah yeah so i've just been kind of digging around Mm -hmm. in that zone and maybe that's part of the impetus for those old movies it's like what is well like it's almost like that brain reset to where it's like cool like fuck what's going on 
right now. Not completely, no, but I, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, no. there's a story you. that you can tell yourself that you tell yourself for so long that you 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 know you try to accept it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just kind of in the midst of this mm-hmm. uh, personal reset, I guess. Bro, you should read Pima when things fall apart because you're not even falling apart, but the things you're talking about and what how she addresses <sighs> mindsets and how you we hold on to the world and things and yeah, I mean I'm writing a bunch of shit in my journal that. It's pretty real, and story of my life is pretty real right now, and I'm not going to be sharing it on this podcast yet, but I will at some point. It's It's been interesting to learn perspectives and to hear some deep truths. I mean, and, and she's teaching from a Buddhist perspective, which is not – that's not the point, though. This is what's interesting to me. It's like I'm reading through the Buddhist perspective of stuff, and so many of those perspectives – are the same perspectives written differently as biblical perspectives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? These are like life things that are written in different humans and different cultures tried to, are trying to articulate a lot of the same shit. Sure. And so the part that I'm loving about this book is a lot of what you're talking about, which is taking how you felt and what you believe and recognizing the difference between like the forever flux of life and there are things that we're always going to be good at. There's things that we're never going to be good at. And all of this in between, we create stories and we yeah. create mindsets and we create expectations. And the more of those we create, the more closed off we are to potential. And the more of the, I mean, and I'm super paraphrasing a book of a lot of different chapters specified on different things. But the more that we do all of that, the less we actually are able to reflect on how we react in moments. And once we start seeing how we react in moments, we can start just saying, okay, this is a reaction or a feeling. This isn't, this is a truth, but it's not also everything. And it's that, you know, I'm not her, so I'm not going to explain it as well. And that's my deal. But that has been really powerful because it'll help you learn about yourself. So say you're going through whatever it is and you're in big feelings, little feelings, whatever, whatever happens, you'll like, your first thing is to just notice what you do. So do you like grab this because you felt uncomfortable? Do you, do you, do you? And it's not even to judge it. It's just like, just notice what you do. And when you start noticing what you do, you start getting out of the story you're creating. And then slowly but surely over time, and part of it's the meditation aspect, part of it is that is a meditation of noticing, that over time you start going, like there's more space versus more reaction. And then the more space that you have, the more you can realize that like everybody's going through a shit ton of stuff. You're never alone as you think you are, et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of create a healthier place to be less reactive, but also to hold more compassion and gratitude all in the context of this book when everything is literally falling apart and being able to create an understanding that everything is always falling apart, but it's also always joy. And then that will never go away because you can't have one without the other. And then you start to like expand, which allows you to connect, which allows you to soften, which allows you to be a better person. And none of it is revolving around being a better person. It's just about seeing clearly what is. And that is pretty insane. <laughs> so that's like a, that's the, that's a roundabout uh, way of talking about the book, even though there's very specific subject matter and teachings of Sanskrit language and stuff that I'll never be able to, you know, say well, like even the name Pima Chodron. I like, I've said it, Chobrin, Chodron. I, I might not even be saying it correctly, but everybody who knows, knows when sure. they hear that. They're like, oh, that's a good book. 
So and Julia's read it. I've asked her about it. My my therapist has read it like three times. She said it's nice. And I didn't know. I just grabbed it along with the Frankel book, Yes to Life. And I was like, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, dude, we're on the journey. We're going in. Yeah. But it allowed me to realize that like I have some hyper codependency to the world due to my worldly early traumas and things. And so I'm like, okay, I realized that I need to get really good at not modeling or waiting to learn about people to be myself so that I don't, and there's, there's two times of that. Like my Enneagram style is a chameleon-esque where I can like find the, the through line to connect. I need to be able to like be me and do that and not just do that to allow myself into other people's lives. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I struggle with that too, the, <clears throat> the chameleon aspect, because it is super powerful. And I think you have it probably more than me, but I'm, I have the ability to turn it on and off a little bit yeah. more, yeah. but it is very easy when you are like that to lose yourself in the group meanwhile everyone thinks that you're just the most fun person ever because right. they're like wow check out jared he's yeah. fiving with us right now yeah. like he, fits he in basically perfect. does whatever we want <laughs> he's like super down <laughs> he like, knows exactly how we do it for yeah. us dude this guy's our guy right yeah. now and yeah it, I, and i think yeah tempering that is good because some of that is useful you know sure. you, you need to have some of that to be able to connect with it's other a gift. people right yeah it's absolutely exactly. a gift. as long as it doesn't take over and then you lose your whole sense of right. identity because of it the cat and cloud podcast is sponsored by steeped coffee steeped coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag you don't need a machine you don't have to make a mess no matter where you are all you have to do is add hot water each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush so it stays fresh and it's got this special immersion filter and the filter is ultrasonic sealed which means it's sealed together with no glue no staples so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you happen to be in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Yeah, like if you don't ever do what you love because you want to be around people who do stuff that you don't love as much, like yeah. that's the problem, right? Hard. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, you're talking about this time where uh, you're back kind of made you leave this thing for a while and then maybe it sounds like based on our conversations that coffee also helped you feel like you needed to stop skateboarding to do coffee because you were killing it and same kind of thing with me and weird stuff like basketball and some art stuff and music stuff pretty much a lot of stuff because I was like I have to survive and coffee is the way and yeah I need people and they don't like this person which is not true but that's what I told myself so be yeah. all this stuff yeah, my story was less about the, the, I mean, I want people to like me. That's, you know, sure. that's a factor for sure. But yeah. I've, it's weird when you've never been popular or cool. And when you start to get glimpses of people appreciating you for, 
you know, maybe a skill that you have or something that you're doing well, like you really, at least for me, I really wanted to cash in on that, you know? Sure. And when I couldn't, but interesting, doubling back to, you know, when things fall apart, even though I haven't read the book yeah. where everything's always in this eternal flux and there is, you know, suffering and good the whole time yeah. of your existence, you know, I never would have, if I didn't hurt myself, probably never would have worked in the coffee industry at all. Right. It wasn't even close to being on my mm -hmm. radar. Like, you know, sure. that was when I first got my first cafe job, which was a, you know, just kind of like a concession where it's like, fuck, I got to work. I'm mm -hmm. not going to work. I don't want to be anywhere close to skateboarding because that shit hurt me. Yeah. Like I'm hurt and mm -hmm. I don't, I'm, I can't participate. And right. Fuck that. So like now I'm in coffee. Okay, fine. Whatever. You yeah. Know? End and up falling in love it. with it. And it's yeah. this whole, whole thing. But yeah, when you start to have that success, for me, I think it was after, uh, close to after we met, you know, mm. when we did our first competition right. separately but together, mm. it was, yeah, people were just like, oh, you know, you have, I watched you and you're doing, you did really good. And that feels good. And that feels good. I'm like, oh, wow, maybe I could go into this. Maybe right. I could go and maybe because I'm doing good in this thing, I'm going to ignore every other aspect yes. of my life. Like everything else yes. is just going to be on hold because I have this one thing that I can cash in on that people f are appreciating me for. I'm not super familiar with that experience. So let's fucking go. Right. And it was to my detriment. Right. Even though it paid off, which is weird. Well, uh, but that's just exactly the point. It's both, both <laughs> and know. are happening. And that's what's so hard for some of us. Like for me, it's like same thing. You, I got popular because I got good at sports and then I was goofy. So, but really at the at, at actual truth of underneath it all is that I was really gracious and nice to everybody. And that's really what it was, but that's not what I was grabbing. Right. I was grabbing, you're performing really well and you're funny. And so that's why people like you. And then to be wanted to be loved, right. And relationships and stuff, whoever this person was that I really wanted to be in a relationship, I was like, whatever they need to like me, I need to figure out how to be. And that was like my relationships moving pretty much my entire life. And so learning the difference between kind of, I guess what we're trying to say to ourselves too, is like, until you can like really choose to accept who you are and be who you are and see the difference between, am I acting in accordance with who I am and doing and connecting versus am I only trying to connect because I see what could be and I want it so bad. Cause mm -hmm. that's the thing is when you, <clears throat> you talk about it, whatever this book in the world too, we talk about it all the time. If you try that and you keep doing that, essentially you're burning your candle out. And at some point, which one of the best things in the world that I read in this book recently is it's like, if you don't take care of whatever all that stuff is with you, you're going to keep manifesting it. That's not the right word. It's going to show up in every human being in every thing that you do in the future until you learn your lesson. Yeah. And that part is a very serious thing to notice. And that's not like a, that shouldn't even be a threat. It's a, it's an opportunity to recognize that. Yeah. You and we were becoming successful and unbalanced. Maybe this is the best way to say it. Yeah, I, f I think for me, <clears throat> when I look back on it, the ship off course analogy is super relevant to where you know you have a you have some sort of center line things that are undeniably you. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say that 
you know, it's true. Pe- people change all the time, but there is no, some sort a, of there is a core. A you know, you yeah. have you have a, a core, and I'd be like, oh, five degrees off course, five degrees off course, right. little bits at a time. You know, sure. never at any one time did I do anything that I felt was completely you know, off brand. You said that yeah. earlier about that person, you know, or I'm like, Oh, you know, but at some point, if you've veered far enough off course for enough time, you can have this weird vibe where you're kind of walking around all the time, not really recognizing who you are or not feeling, mm. not feeling fulfilled in a way that's healthy. You know, there's, there's sure. some sort of hunger that I think is healthy where, mm-hmm. you know, you're never going to be a hundred percent fulfilled all the time. That's okay. No, I don't, um, I don't even know if it's possible. So, but yeah, and I was just so off course, but I, yeah, I wish I would have been able to be more balanced. And I think looking back on it, I'm, my personality is so aggressive that it's like everything or nothing, everything or nothing, everything or nothing. So I'm in coffee. I'm like everything, everything, everything. And that ever giving everything I saw, my success was a direct result of me giving everything. Sure. And that's how I saw at the time. And that's probably actually a hundred percent. That's not true. There's, there's other factors that are mixed in with that. Sure. I have a good work ethic, yeah. but I don't think to have a good work ethic, you need to give everything. You no. know, I could have peeled that back from 100 to zero to 75, 25 sure. or 60, 40 still and probably still good. had really good success. Right. You know, and maybe, maybe better mental energy, but you wouldn't have known that at the time. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Or yeah I had energy. no idea, but yeah. looking back on it now, but I, it's good to recognize that because I still have that mentality absolutely it's it's easy for me to fall into that trap Mm. i'm starting this new thing i gotta go 100 you know and some of these projects that are coming up i'm like it's got to be everything and if it's not everything it's nothing Mm -hmm. if i don't fucking hit it 100 percent, i'm just a total failure and it's a it's a burn right of the opportunity and i talked about that with our therapist dennis old den yeah because he was you know he did all the you know all the things that I know I'm doing. He's like, yeah, it sounds like you're really, you know, I was like, we have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's like one in a million. I'm never going to get this chance again. It sounds like, it sounds like you're really mind reading a lot. He's like, you don't really know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know. This could be the beginning of a million other opportunities. This doesn't. It's exactly in it, the book it, too. It yeah. came out of nowhere. So, you know, before you're thinking it wasn't even possible, but you know, to me, it looks like it is. Mm-hmm. And so if it is, why isn't any of these other things? You know, right. why why couldn't this be paving the way to more and bigger? Yeah. And, you know, among other things, that's just like a tiny snippet totally. of the conversation. I'm like, dude, I'm like, logically, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Feelings-wise, I'm not getting there, Feelings but I wise, understand I'm not, what you're I'm saying. I'm not quite there, but logically, yes. Yeah. Your shit is on lockdown. Yeah. Mind reading and future telling is like, I mean, we do it out of protection of self, but at the same time, it's so, like, that's, again, another huge teaching in the book is leave space to see. And, and also, like, you're pre-suffering or pre-fantasizing about what will be. And both of those things are going both. to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And they're both <laughs> going to leave room for disappointment that's unnecessary. And so that's just, it's not, dude, call it easy. Fuck no hell no that's like it's a it's against most of what the human is conditioned to do and at the same time that's kind of the practice that's being taught is you're going to put your feelings and your history into whatever is about to happen next 
and it's never happened before. So it's not going to most likely happen 60% minimum how you think it's going to happen, if not more, you know? And so we're smart and we're intuitive and we're, we are right a lot of the time. And I think that's some of our success is being good learners, but totally like usually what feels like could be the last chance is more likely to be the beginning of a first chance. And that's so hard when it doesn't feel that way at all. It's yeah. kind of fucked up. It is. It It is <clears throat> really, really tricky. And I think it's, we talk about the gray area a lot and it, it's important to acknowledge the gray area because most things aren't black and white. Pretty nah. much nothing is black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, even saying nothing is black and white is a black and white statement. I get it. Watch don't, out. Everybody. Don't fucking write me. Okay. Don't I know us. what's going on. Don't over here. Us. We're just trying to find our way. But I think there's some sort of balance between acknowledging if you get an opportunity. So if, let's say we got this opportunity and sure. I'm incredibly means stressed a lot. out about it. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. And someone else comes to you and is like, you know, I mean, there's probably a reason that you got that opportunity, right? I mean, that opportunity could have been given to anybody. There's millions of people on the planet that would fit the bill for this. But you were chosen because somebody sees something in you. And being able to acknowledge that and be like, wow, I must be doing something well Mm -hmm. that's resonating with people to be noticed like this or to be chosen for whatever it is in your life. And like balancing that Mm -hmm. with not overly gassing yourself up to where you're like i'm the fucking shit dude i can't do any wrong you know having that healthy check for yourself to not be like yeah dude we're fucking doing this and we're doing that and it's about a cut cut. (laughs) that's what you do too fast it's kind of it's kind of weird though because you you know we talk about getting lost in i mean i don't think you're wrong either in in that we gave 100 percent to this thing and I mean, maybe like the younger you are, the harder it is to grasp this stuff. And I really hate that. And I don't believe that it's true, but I do know for a fact that it's easier for me, the older I get to grasp more things, to have more perspectives. I don't think that's weird. It's not weird. It's just as angering because it's like you want to be able, you know what I'm saying? It's like how many times if they were right or wrong, and hopefully they were right a fair amount, have our parents or older people in the world told all of these young people, stuff and sometimes it's stupid shit that's too generational to make there's not a correlation that's apples and oranges and some of it is just genuine like this is actually just like a truth in the world and how many times did we not take it because we knew better and i'm just thinking about that and then i'm thinking about that in the context of like we were putting in our quote-unquote ten thousand hours and becoming professionals and i understand the the scarcity mindset that we've at least that I had, maybe you had or didn't of like, this is my opportunity to make something of myself when I don't see any other opportunity to make something of myself. So I got to give it a hundred percent to, for the long run. And you know, my mindset, I was always like, do it hard now so I can have all the space then. And we talk about all the time. It's just finding that appropriate balance. So I'm kind of more just consistent putting that paradox on the table of, we were also becoming professionals at a craft and we were doing it maybe at a more rapid pace than other people did question mark or some people did. I don't know. I guess I'm getting into a, a thought loop, but at the end of the day, I don't I know get what we were doing. Right. It was like, we need to, we need to make a life for ourselves in some capacity. And this is a way that I can see clearly how to do it. And so there's, you know, Maybe it's not right, wrong. I guess that's the problem. Better, right? worse, or the other. Maybe it just is right. 
what it is. I I think that's what I'm trying to say. It is what it is. I was listening to I think her name is Elizabeth Gilbert. She's a writer. Um, a lot of good interviews. She was talking about her professional career and was remarking when people go up to her and say, man, I really envy you. Mm. You're just a hero of mine. It, you've got it all together. How do you do it? You're doing so well. And she admittedly is like, yeah, my career is going really well right now. What people don't see is I am fucking terrible at managing my personal relationships. I'm hor like, you know, she lists all these six things that are not really going well. And there's one aspect that's going well. And I totally relate to that because yeah, for a long time and a big stretch, coffee was going really well. And right. it still is, but I, you know, I made friends along the way, but I wouldn't say I'm like really great at the personal relationships during that time. Uh -huh. I wasn't super thoughtful with other people or as thoughtful as I could have been. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking time to just kind of think about at even me, what I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I was disconnected from my family. Right. I was divorced, like the whole totally. fucking shit. It's like, and you know, that's not my fault or anybody else's fault, but all of these just things are, are manifested out of really only paying attention to one thing in one dimension. And yeah, it paid off in a big way. Sure. We are where we are now, and I'm really proud of it. And yeah. I, and we're still kind of just getting started. And we're just still kind of getting started. So it, it's working. It's And we talk about in with people <laughs> on our leadership team, the idea of sprints and I think being able to sprint is important because sometimes things come along that are big opportunities that do require a lot of attention. Right. And I don't think anybody should work, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks for the long play, but if there's something that's going to go down and you can crank it out and then back off after you're done, that shit pays off. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being, I mean, we see that as part of being a business owner. Yeah, you, if you're setting you up a to. business, it's not like you're going to say, oh, cool, we have this thing that we want to bring into the world, but 40 hour work week only. Yeah. Actually, you know, I don't want to work over. It's yeah. like, I'm no. going to stop thinking about this <laughs> progression. No, because dude, we work ev out. every day Pretty much. for ridiculous hours yeah. every day, mm -hmm. and we build the thing, and then we get to peel off. Yeah. But the career in coffee prior was. A ten-year sprint. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's balance, the thing. Whack. It was just yeah. too long. It's too long, and Not I didn't recognize breaks. until too late. Yeah, but we've learned a little bit how to try to build in breaks for the people that work with us, and they're taking them more than we took them. Absolutely, without a doubt, for sure. Like, I've I think most of the people in our company have taken at least ten days off in a row, it, who are in leadership at this point. Some have taken the full two weeks. Some have taken more, and that's that was not on the table. Like taking two weeks was like a, can I please for my honeymoon situation? Two and a half weeks when I please for my honeymoon. Yes, but we're not going to like pay you. So hopefully you have enough, like, you know what I'm saying? Like savings for that. But yeah, you can take those. Thanks for listening y'all. This podcast is an extension of our mission to inspire connection by creating memorable experiences. If you want to get more acquainted with what we do, you can go on over to catandcloud.com. There you'll find a little bit of everything. If you want coffee, we got coffee there. If you want to be directed to some other magic media, basically it's your hub for all things cat and cloud. If you want to dive in on a deeper level, 
We do have a Patreon. It's $5 a month, about the price of a latte each month. You get a peek behind the scenes of what we do here, unpacking some of the ideas that we talk about during this podcast, rants and raves, Q&As, Jared and I just talking shit together. Biased opinion, yes, but I think it's a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. Go out and inspire someone to do something amazing. Bye.